凭自我，冷汗只拼出一生痴，流汗血，尽赤心，追寻大意义，生命作赌注，留下了英雄故事，忧患变骨气，昂步顾盼似醒思，冲前去。报得失之有全心知，跨步上，云上我要去写，明知。All right. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Ornate Stairwells, a movie podcast. I'm Autumn. I'm joined as always by Neve. Hi, I'm Neve. Uh, did you watch any movies between episodes? Uh, no, I, I didn't. I was almost going to watch The Mad Fox today, but um, I was doing some laundry, and then it was like, there's not enough time before my toddler gets up from their nap, so I just didn't. I haven't watched any movies. Yeah. Have you watched any movies? What's that sound? What is that sound? I'm the Night Rider! <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <laughs> 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 Tokata knows me! He knows who I am! <laughs> Just walk away. Just walk away from the podcast. Um, I watched Mad Max while you were watching your Jackie Chan movie, and you asked me to come talk about it for five minutes while, before you talk about your Jackie Chan movie. Yeah. Neither of us watched movies, so Nora, tell us about Mad Max. What a sedate movie. I know, right? It's like just kind of a stroll. Yeah, it really is. Uh, in Australia, this is actually a documentary. Um, Australia. <laughs> um, basically, there's these highway cops, right? Uh huh. And they just fuck people up sometimes <laughs> because <laughs> the motorcycle gangs are out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy kills a cop and goes steals a cop car and goes on a whole big chase and this is our introduction to Max Rokitansky yeah um who kind of beats the guy in the sort of road competition mm-hmm. uh by doing nothing <laughs> just kind of driving after him tapping him once or twice and then he drives into a thing and dies <laughs> this is how Max solves all of his problems <laughs> He drives near someone else, and then they run into another car or an obstacle and die. Yeah. And he kind of sort of goes crazy at the end. Yeah. After they kill his wife and child. Mad Max is a weird movie. It's a weird movie. It's a weird movie. It's not yeah. like what Mad Max is in my mind. You know? Also, young Mel Gibson looks like a default video game character. <laughs> his face is so I... smooth. Yeah. It's like a baby's brain. It's so smooth. I think smooth. also there's a, there's a certain amount of um, default action video game characters look like... <laughs> Mel Gibson? That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this wraps a certain like... amount of... Hey, people have the fondness for Mel Gibson movies from this era. Let's just put him in video games, kind of. <laughs> like, he doesn't have... In my head, when I think of Mel Gibson, mm-hmm. I think of 
almost Klingon level eyebrow wrinkles or forehead wrinkles, right? Yeah. Like okay. intense forehead wrinkles from lifting his eyebrows, right? Yeah. Not in this movie. No. His head is so He's much young. shorter. Yes. He's such, such a vertical face yes. in the future. Yes. That I can't, I don't even know it's Mel Gibson most yes. of this movie. I, what other what other Mel Gibson movies have you seen? Because I... You want to give me a... Passion? Have you seen The Passion? Of the Christ? Yes. Was he in that? He was in it as Jesus and he directed. He wasn't Jesus. I'm fairly certain he was Jesus. He's definitely not Jesus. Okay, well, let me look. Unless you know He Nina. directed um... Yeah, he, he was not Jesus. Not... Yeah. I haven't seen this movie, obviously. <laughs> I saw it in the theater. <laughs> um, I also have not seen this movie, but... There's a weird goat uh, in it. I just assumed he was Jesus this whole time. I don't know. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> that didn't happen. Um, I'm no sure person. I've seen... Oh, that's... Yeah. There he is. Uh-huh. He looks like a dwarf. He looks like an anti-Semite. Yeah, well, <laughs> where's the? Um, you were telling me the other day that you like Braveheart, which is not a movie I've ever seen. Is that Mel Gibson? Yeah. yeah, Braveheart's great. I assumed my entire life I have just assumed that Braveheart's a bad movie. I had no basis for that, but I just assumed that it was. I'm just scrolling down a quick list here of all the things I've seen Braveheart. Uh, I guess I've seen Pocahontas, if, oh, right. if we're counting that. Oh, right. But, um... I just... My whole life, he's been weirdo, anti-Semitic guy, and so, like, I've just never... Yeah, no, I only know him from outside of film, and, like... Yeah. Th- no, I knew that he was a film guy. Never seen any, any of these movies, except now I've seen Mad Max. Um, I mean, yeah, like, he is just, like... The guy who I feel vaguely guilty because Road Warrior is one of my favorite movies. That's all he is in my head. Yeah, anyway. Uh, it's a really sleepy movie. Mm-hmm. Lots of, like... The music is is tr- maybe trying to be tense, but it's not really tense. Yeah. During these scenes of violence. But uh, extremely not what you might expect if you're like, Oh, I love Fury Road. Let me go see where this came from. <laughs> You should watch Beyond Thunderdome. Can't we just, as a society, can we please get Beyond Thunderdome? Um, that's all. There's some, there's a lot of good like things to yell in that movie. Uh, mm-hmm. the, it's the goose, baby! Larger than life and twice as ugly! <laughs> you know? But, uh... Eh, it's, I liked it. It's a weird movie. Nina, have you yeah. seen Mad Max? Yeah. Um, it's been a while since I've seen the original Mad Max. Um, I think more recently, uh, this was still like when I was in undergrad. The last, I think the last Mad Ma- Max thing that I watched was um, Beyond Thunderdome. We did like a, a series where just some friends and I, we watched um, The Warriors Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, and then 28 Days Later, just to, like, watch the evolution of action movies, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So. I've, 
The other thing is that um, Max's girlfriend kind of just steals every scene. Oh, yes. She's very cute, and she's just very charming. Yes. And they have a good yeah. chemistry. There's a scene where he's, like, got his hands all greasy from the car, and he's, like, threatening to get her dirty with them, and eventually he just, like, boops her on the nose and puts a big black spot right on the tip of her nose. It's a very cute scene. It's a very cute movie. There's a big uh, stairwell where uh, she's sending sending him off to work. This is what like, I was I was going to ask yeah. you before you left. Yeah. She's, like, doing the sign language crazy for you or whatever, and then he goes off to work. Before I ask you, I was just going to say something to follow on what Nia said. I think of uh, Warriors and the first Mad Max movie in kind of the same way. Yeah, they're, like, from the same time. Action video games. That's also true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The thing that I always think of is that, like, the first Mad Max movie is, like, kind of post-apocalypse, but is kind of, like, just midway through an apocalypse. It's... Yeah. It's kind of just, like, what if the world was fucked up, kind of? It doesn't feel so much just dystopian as it does just like a collapsing state yeah it doesn't feel like an apocalypse yeah it feels like oh like this like area is kind of on its way out in terms of like the structure that had been in place before yeah which is also kind of what what the warriors is a little bit yeah um for me the most powerful moment of the warriors is always the one where they're on they're like finally heading back to um, Long Island where they live and they're just like on the train and they just see like regular teens going to prom and it's just so like those teens are so bizarre and out of place in the movie just like (laughs) here are just like regular teenagers who go to high school what the fuck are you doing here (laughs) I do have one question about that movie yeah do they go out and play uh yes okay yeah this is, well is they the of mine they also. come out in play but yes yeah. um i that that game um was heavily advertised on toonami it was on the cover of game informer and so <laughs> uh, the the guy clinking the glass bottles together and say warriors come out to play is that what yeah is? yes that explains the thing I saw in a different thing, but okay. So, because that was advertised on Toonami when I was, like, four, I just had that quote in my head for, like, 10, 15 years before I ever knew where it came from, really. I was like, that that PS2 game that was on Toonami? This is how... I didn't realize it was connected to a movie for years. This is how most <laughs> pop culture references I... from, like, Aladdin hit me. <laughs> you know? Or Hercules. Those are the ones that are the heaviest on those. But This is just a moment where I'm really feeling the age gap. Because I just remember... <laughs> I just remember the Warriors video game coming out and being like, oh, they're, they're making a video game based on that movie? Because <laughs> um, I was right? 17. Yeah. yeah. I was 8. It was on the PSP as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a Rockstar game. It's a Rockstar game. That's why it was so heavily advertised on Toonami, because they were like, Rockstar is going to make us a zillion million dollars. Did they? Uh, I don't know. I don't think this game was that successful. Um, I don't think it was a, a, it was a bomb, so, but I don't think it, you know. 
Sorry, I also I, I want to say I misspoke. They live on Coney Island, not Long Island. Important distinction. Oh yes, that's interesting. Um, a char- a guy who uh, not a character, a guy from the guy who played a character in the movie sued uh, Take Two for using his voice and depiction in the game. Huh. huh. Well, Nora, before you get out of here, so we can talk about Police Story, can you please rate that stairwell in Mad Max for me? Yeah. Give it a letter grade. I mean, so, it doesn't... What's that? Yeah, it, it's just like normal academic grades plus an S rank. Yeah. What is an S rank? It's you above gotta, A+. You like, really love it. Yeah. Um, so that's the Eng- uh, uh, like an English letter. What? I can't give it like a Greek letter. No, you can't give it like a chi. I was going <laughs> to say like an eta. Why would you... <laughs> Eight out of ten? fuck with you? <laughs> Why else do you think I'm here? I don't know, like a... Uh, it's a B. It's a, it's a cute scene. Okay. It's in the spreadsheet. Yeah. Oh, wait. There's a better stairwell later when Max is quitting the cops. Mm-hmm. So he can go on his... No, he doesn't go on his rampage until later. He quits the cops because he's like... I'm going to become sicko mode if I keep going out there. Okay. And the the gay biker boss cop with like the handlebar mustache. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's like, okay, just take some weeks off and then come back and see how you feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's like, it's a spiral staircase in the police uh, station, which is a rundown piece of shit building. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, that is an A for sure. Okay. They're, they have a good okay. little exchange there. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna drive away now. It's one of the last of the V8s. <laughs> just gonna unplug my. Yeah, just just go for it. There we go. Yeah. I'm the Night Rider. I love you. I'm the Night Rider. <laughs> I googled Mad Max stairs just to see if I could get a photo of them, and it's just all from the video game. Um, <laughs> just a bunch of video game stairs. Anyway, listen, listeners, I'm about to move my coffee table a little bit, so you'll either hear like bad noises or an awkward cut. Just, just roll with it, please. Anyway, hello. <laughs> Hi. Um, did we ever mention that that was Nora, your wife? I, th- I think that was implied, but I don't know if, I don't know if she ever said her name. <laughs> I cannot imagine the person who listens to ornate stairwells but has never listened to any of my other podcasts where they would have heard nora's voice but yes if people don't know that was nora my wife you you don't think i'm bringing my own audience to this (laughs) you might be i just can't imagine that person because i don't know them yeah that's Um, what we're discussing right now yeah Uh, do we want to talk about police story, or do we have anything else we want to talk about first? Um, no. Let's just roll into it, unless you got some. Oh, um, I do have something. Wait, did you watch a movie? Did we do all of that, and then you did watch a movie? I didn't watch a movie. Okay. Well, okay. I watched five minutes of a movie. Uh-huh. We got a TV. We got a nice new 4K TV to, like, as a 
Christmas present for Nora and I. Um, and it's fucking huge. <laughs> it's bright. It's 4K. It's HDR. It's got all the bells and whistles. And I'm yeah. in love. It's I'm the kind so of TV happy. where if you had the lights off and you were watching Pale Flower, uh, you would go, oh, that's a bit bright. <laughs> 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 you know, when it switches over from a, a nighttime scene to a daytime scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the first ever smart TV I've owned. Uh, so that's neat. Um, and the first thing I did, um, well, the first thing that we did was that Nora and I sat on the couch wa- pulling up YouTube videos that were like 4K HDR trailer for Matrix Resurrections, 4K HDR trailer for Spider-Man, No Way Home, etc. You know? Yeah. Um, and those looked lovely. But what I actually pulled up to like actually get a sense of this was I um, pulled up... Um, in the mood for love on the Criterion Collection and put it on the um, on the TV, which is weird because I do have a Blu-ray of it on this shelf here that I could have popped in. But anyway, um, we watched um, in the mood for love, and it was um, oh right, Nora is reminding me that we did watch Beowulf. You're, I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> Just still on the podcast. Um, the funniest thing to me in all of this is that like Emily actually watched Police Story with us, but she's just never gonna guest on a podcast. Um, I got her on for like a brief <laughs> bit for a Ghost Divers that hasn't gone out yet. Um, but like she she believes that no one wants to hear her opinions about movies, which I think is incorrect. But um have so far been unable to convince her otherwise so mm-hmm. um but there's yeah, a uh, there's, there's a go. moment i just want to say in uh neon genesis evangelion the anime where ritsuko is like i never talk about myself because it's a boring topic um i'm just more interested in other people and that's extremely emily it's like the biggest <laughs> like emily is just ritsuko <laughs> <laughs> um anyway yeah, my last thought about Big New TV was that I put on In the Mood for Love. I just watched, like, the first, like, five, ten minutes of it. Um, skipped around a little bit, too. Um, that thing is cool. I can, like, see all the film grain, and it's cool. And, like, I can see, like, oh, her dress is made of silk. Or, oh, like, this coat is made of, like, this sort of fabric that I don't know the name of, but I know what it feels like. <laughs> I can just, like, see that shit. It's bananas. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this TV's sick. <laughs> if you're if you're out there watching things on a small TV and you're like, I don't need a big TV, maybe just think about getting a big TV. It's kind of nice. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. One of the nice things too is that now I will actually watch movies at your apartment sometimes. Um yeah. when we're still recording remotely just as we're like starting out other COVID test stuff, but um Yeah. Yeah, I think the next one will be in person and maybe at your apartment. Um, yeah. And I can watch it on your new TV. Because your old TV, you sent me a photo once of you were watching um, Fruits Basket and you like also pulled it up on your <laughs> laptop so you're like, the colors seem weird. And you're, the TV, that TV was so fucked. I don't, like, I don't understand how you were watching anything on it. The colors were so fucked on that TV. 
Um, and this was when you lived in St. Louis, so it wasn't like... I was like, I can't just go over there and be like, let me pull up color bars and fix whatever the fuck you're doing. <laughs> so... Um, um, I'm the person who cares a lot about this because I studied this. <laughs> I definitely, but. like, I had in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, I've got the TV set how I think I want it, but I definitely, like, when you are able to come over, I want you to, like, futz around with the settings and, like, you know, make sure I didn't do something stupid. Because <laughs> I trust your judgment on this a little better than I trust my own. Yeah. Um, anyway, excited for your new TV. Yeah, yeah. This is, the most exciting thing about this is that it's going to mean, like, if you come over here to record podcasts, it'll be, like, three months of, like, no interference from Lem, the podcasting cat, um, until then, Nora and I get cats, and it'll be right back to, uh (laughs) feline interference. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, we'll we'll probably trade off where we're recording, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, Police Story. A movie I'd never seen before. <laughs> yeah? You hadn't <laughs> seen this before? <laughs> um, Just, like, every moment in this movie, you being like. Oh, I think I, like, put this on once and then, like, fell asleep right away. And then you're like, well. I remember this scene. Oh, well, I, I remember this, actually. Well, and then we're just, like, at the mall, and you're like, yeah, I remember this. <laughs> I, um, my new theory is that I'd had, like, a margarita or two. Like, I... The thing is that the scene that I remember most from this movie is weirdly early on and not very good. You know? Yeah. It's not bad. It's just not, you know, what you go to police story for. There is stuff in police story that is, like, way better. Anyway, so, <clears throat> the thing I remember is this, like, scene in an apartment. We we could talk about what happens in this movie in just a minute. The scene I remember is, like, in this apartment. It's really early on. And I said to you, I was like, oh, a couple weeks ago when I was trying to remember a Jackie Chan movie, like, which one it was... It was this one. I've seen Police Story. But I must have, like, fallen asleep, because I don't remember anything after this. Yeah. And we just kept, like, every three minutes, I'd be like, oh, no, I remember this. Oh, I remember this part. <laughs> but, like, the oh, this is how I got on this, because I'm just repeating what you said a minute ago. The, the reason that memory of that apartment scene, for some reason I can remember, like, watching it on my laptop and I can remember the room that I was in when I saw it. So it would have been, like, somewhat recently. It would have been in, like, the last 18 months-ish. And somehow it just dropped out of my head that I'd seen the best Jackie Chan movie. It just totally, 100% left my brain. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So, so you, so you think this is better than Robin B. Hood, huh? Um, in some senses of the word, yes. Yeah. In I by some definitions of better, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do think this is a better movie than Robin B. Hood. Um, I'm gonna champion Robin B. Hood though, because if anyone's ever like, 
oh, what Jackie Chan movie should I watch? People are going to be like, oh, Police Story. Like, mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Nobody's championing Robin B. Hood. The, the thing is... This one Police... has a Criterion release. <laughs> this one has a Criterion release. Police Story is like a tight 90 minutes. Um, I yeah. guess 100 minutes. I guess it goes just a little over. Very tight, you know, very like quick, fast-paced, etc., etc. Um, like Robin B. Hood is 121 minutes and it feels like it's six hours long, but I promise you it's worth it. I promise you it's an incredible movie. It, yes, it's unwieldy. Yes, it is bad, but it's an amazing movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to do like a, a plot synopsis? Yes. Yes. Um, do you want me to do this? Cause I want apparently just have better memory of seeing it before. And also I, I'm positive. I've seen this movie more than you have. Um, yes. I've seen this movie many times now. Yeah. Um, go for it. So we, we start out with like a, there's like a shanty town where there's some drug do- deal that's, well, there's like a, a drug dealer operating out of it or something. Like there's a bunch of activity happening there. Um, and a bunch of the police, including Jackie Chan's character, uh, Kakwe, who in a lot of dubs, they just call Jackie Chan. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they like stage a stakeout and they're going to try and get information. And then, um, everything goes to shit. Like they get found out super early on. And then, um, we just get multiple stunts, including like destroying this entire shanty town with multiple cars, just driving through it down a hill. Um, the incredible shot of Jackie Chan holding on to like a double decker bus by an umbrella and running along the ground, um, mm. as it's like driving, um, you know, lots of glass breaking in the beginning here. Uh, not as, not nearly as much as the end, but we already see some glass breaking, um, and then eventually he apprehends the, the like, you know, boss that they're trying to get the like gang boss. Um, and the boss tries to, to bribe him with a bunch of money. And, uh, Jackie Chan says like, you know, takes the money and then still is like, stop. I'm like arresting you. I'm just holding this now. Um, then uh, they have a, a witness, uh, Selena Fong, who's played by Bridget Lin, um, who plans to testify in court. Um, and they have Jackie Chan, like, watching her, basically, like, protecting her, making sure nobody kills her or um, that she gets away or anything like that. Um, and, you know, Jackie Chan manages to get her to, like, confess some on tape um we get some like oh like multiple joke scenes i'm not gonna do the full rundown of the plot but happen Mm -hmm. here um and significantly they go back to jackie chan's apartment because um you know probably safer than hers um and it's his birthday and his girlfriend has planned a surprise party and then sees him coming home with a woman uh in her lingerie with his jacket around her because he didn't let her get dressed before they left um Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it like is obviously upset and he's just an absolute asshole uh to his girlfriend for a while 
This um, is going to be the big thread that I want to talk about a little bit. At least. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to bring it up because it, it is a like significant part of this film. <laughs> a film that is otherwise mostly about action stuff. Um, his girlfriend, by the way, is named May and is played by Maggie Chung uh, from, among other things, In the Mood for Love. She's been in a ton, but like, yes, we talked about Maggie or. Yeah, we talked about In the Mood for Long, uh, Love on this podcast. She's playing yes. a very different character here. Um, despite being a, a like girl whose husband is potentially cheating on her. <laughs> probably um, probably the most famous actress in Hong Kong and like a fourth string character in this Jackie Chan movie. <laughs> yeah, just like a, a mostly comedic like bit character. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway... That night, um, Selena manages to, like, trick Jackie Chan into saying a bunch of stuff that sounds naughty. Uh, it's actually, like, not that, but, you know, basically, like, tricking him into making it sound like they were, like, doing, having sex and stuff. Um, and, uh, records over the confession that she did on tape, and then, like leaves and tapes up his uh, alarm clock so that he misses the beginning of the trial. Um, during the trial, uh, basically the um, defense attorney like really gets under Jackie Chan's skin and then, you know, basically seems like they're not going to have a case against this mob boss. And he's like, well, wait, play this tape. And then is just further embarrassed. And so the mob boss is like released. And yet um, still... Jackie Chan, Kaokwe, is getting, like, a bunch of uh, press coverage for, like, busting this big drug operation. Um, and so the mob boss, for some reason, still wants to have him killed. Uh, <laughs> or, like, well, framed. Once yeah. his Wants them to steal Jackie Chan's gun, and um, what was originally proposed was kill Selena with it, and then frame him. But he decides, because he's too, like, protective of his girl, to... Uh-huh. to um, kill the like crooked cop that's working with them with the yeah. gun. Um, but like once, once Jackie ruined rather than like killed because he wants to like make Jackie suffer. Yeah. Um. So then Jackie Chan goes to find Selena. Like learns from the crooked cop where she is, which is some like villa basically. Um. And we get an action scene there that includes like them taking Jackie Chan's gun and killing the other police off the crooked police officer. Um, and also Selena being thrown off of a, a roof and falling into a pool. Um, and then uh, after, and they drug Jackie Chan and then he wakes up later uh, at this point, like stuff is already underway because they found the, the um, officer killed with the, a bullet from his gun um, and couldn't find him. And uh, they're going to arrest him. And, sh- and uh, Jackie Chan goes rogue, um, kidnaps the superintendent or whatever, the his superior. Um, and, you know, in order to, like, escape from the, the police uh, station. I don't know why I forgot that word from the police <laughs> station. Um, and then goes to, like... One thing that's weird about this is that I don't fully understand Selena's, uh, like, motivations, because at times she's, like, trying to get one over on him, and at other times she's, like, helping him. But anyway, um, she ends up 
like going and stealing a bunch of data from the boss because she's the only one who knows the code because he trusted her too much. Um, and then has it in a briefcase. And then we get like this extended action sequence where just like incredible, incredible fucking amounts of glass get broken. Um, it's just like literally every shot is someone getting thrown into a pane of glass or a pane of glass falling on someone or like just punching glass so that it shatters <laughs> or like, <laughs> um, and then we end in like one of the most incredible stunts that, Jackie Chan has ever done, uh, which is he's literally at the top of this like shopping mall. There's a, uh, you know, bunch of escalators and everything. And the, the mob boss has gone down all the escalators is about to get away. And Jackie Chan grabs onto like a bar and slides down and like more glasses, like light bulbs just shatter and spark, um, goes all the way down and then like falls through a, a, a glass thing that's like hanging over and then runs and apprehends him. Um, and they show it to you three fucking times because if you got three shots of that, you're going to show three <laughs> shots of that. And then they also replay one of those shots at the very end of the credits because you still just want to see it again. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Great. He catches up with the bad guy. <laughs> this is yeah. another really good part of it is that he catches up with the bad guy. Um, and the lawyer is like, like, oh, I'm going to sue you for an assaulting a civilian and you can't use any of this as evidence and blah, 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 blah. Um, and the, like, stuffy superior cop who's been like, Jackie, you got to do this by the books, the whole movie, um, is there watching. And Jackie just, like, punches the bad guy's right hand man, like, knocks the lawyer the fuck out and, like, just like goes hard as a motherfucker on the actual yeah. like boss heroin dealer guy goes like a uh, street fighter character trying to destroy a car. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and Just like multiple hits. <laughs> um the the um the cop who's been kissing ass trying to get promoted is like we have to write a report on this and the guy who's like at the the police chief is like I didn't see anything. And the guy who's trying to get promoted is like, we could write it together. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't see anything. (laughs) (laughs) Which, um, I guess, like, okay. Uh, We can talk about, like, the, um, like, the movie, like, as, like, an aesthetic object in the way that we normally do, um, in a second. I just wanted to quickly touch on, like, um thematically what i think this movie is doing (laughs) um which is that like i think this movie is like if you asked jackie super pro cop he thinks that cops are good he thinks that cops catch bad guys and that bad guys need to be caught and that bad guys are like self-serving you know yeah yeah oh I think that's what the movie is about and is trying to be about. On the flip side, <laughs> this movie is about how Jackie Chan is, is the worst character. dog shit human being ever. He's he's like constantly shitting on his girlfriend, who is played by Maggie Chung. She's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, he's 
constantly like womanizing to this like secretary witness lady. Um, he is like rude to everybody he meets. He's like blows off like somebody like he's at the police station. And someone is called and is like, you know, my husband's beating me. He's like, ah, oh, get over it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also like. The movie is aware that he's, like, doing terrible behavior. Like, the whole part of him being a jerk to his girlfriend, like, when they're at his apartment, does just include, like, lots of shots of, like, them being like, uh, like, you know, Selena being like, oh, your girlfriend's here, like, please just say something nice about her, please, and he just won't, um... (laughs) Like, it seems, like, aware of this, but also he is just the most dog shit human being. <laughs> and then, that dog shit human being who we've seen the whole movie is the guy who ends up being, like, the cop who flies off the handle and is, like, you know, pointing guns at other cops and, like, you know, I I don't care about the law, I'm just gonna get this done and, like, you know, I'm gonna take in all these, you know, crooks and et cetera, et cetera, and doesn't care and, like, you know... Um, probably gets many innocent people injured. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so from a certain point of view, this movie is like intensely anti-cop. It just doesn't know. It just thinks that all this stuff is cool and I'm like watching it like, oh my god, this is horrifying. <laughs> yeah, it just thinks that it's funny. It just thinks that it's funny. Yeah. And, and So like, watch him be an asshole. Yeah. At its most necessary thinks that this is noble. Like, Jackie gives this whole speech to camera about, like, you know, you stuffy bureaucrats don't know shit about, like, good cops who are, like, putting their life on the line, like, trying to, like, you know, protect the good people of of this place, you know. Um, But meanwhile, he's also the guy who's, like, holding a broken shard of glass to his boss's neck and, like, pointing (laughs) a gun at, like, everybody in the police station, like, I'll fucking do it! (laughs) Yeah. So, um, anyway, this movie's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's incredible and it, like, it's legendary for a reason. Um, the, like, stunts in this are just, one are, like, breathtaking and incredible to behold. Um, and also is just, like, I feel like there's, like, too much worker protection now for this film to ever get made again (laughs) like i don't know i don't know if anybody can make this film again um just the amount of endangerment of like jackie chan the director and star yes Um, maggie lung like almost gets hit by a car at one point um we just wouldn't have in the mood for love if they fucked that take up Uh, (laughs) 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 well and like I almost want to say, like, I don't think movies should be made like this anymore, but I'm glad that they made as many of them as they could while they were doing it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> like, the, the thing that I, I always think about with this, just because, like, Jackie Chan is doing the, the most batshit like stunts in this just the most like they're they're gonna kill jackie chan that's what's gonna happen here like he's running along a behind a moving double-decker bus like by an umbrella they reinforce the umbrella but like he's still fucking doing it Mm -hmm. um it's not just the umbrella breaking that i'm worried about it's also his like literal feet on the road as he's like struggling to (laughs) to run along um 
the like famously the the big shot at the end that gets repeated of him sliding down like he got second degree burns especially in his hands from the friction uh he had like a severe back injury and dislocated his pelvis um like he just like got beat up making this film yes and that's one of the things i think about is just like okay like the production of this film seems really dangerous also the person who's like the most often endangered is the guy who's making the fucking thing (laughs) um like there's a certain amount of like i feel like like one that may have contributed to people just being willing to do stuff because it's like Mm -hmm. well okay if jackie chan's doing these stunts like Mm -hmm. i i guess i can do this one stunt like (laughs) i'm not doing the fucking sliding down a pole multiple stories so like (laughs) um it's still it's still just again incredible incredible action uh the stunts are just like some of the most incredible stunts ever set to film um also there's just moments where i'm like god did jackie chan need to dislocate his pelvis to make this film (laughs) i don't actually know (laughs) um he made that choice willingly uh to create his own movie um still maybe not the best choice to make jackie chan (laughs) um there's also like you know they do the um um the blooper reel at the end um and the outtakes and like you can see even in 1985 um at one point while we were watching, I was like, is this the first movie he directed? The answer is no. He'd been directing movies for like six years at this point. Um, yeah, this is, I know this was like his big breakout at least. Yeah, but the, like you can feel like, I know that this is like a huge mega hit that like launches him into stardom. Like this is directly responsible for like, you know, him starting to be known in America. Um, yeah. But like, um the 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 what am i trying to say you can feel the sort of like mythologizing of jackie chan start to happen in this movie a little bit as like you're watching the blooper reel at the end and they're just like showing like first they show all the outtakes and then they just show like people resuscitating jackie jackie just like writhing on the ground jackie being carried away (laughs) like (laughs) yeah you could just feel like oh he gave up everything for this shit yeah um this movie in particular too like i watch it and especially when i see the the like enchies at the end the you know that's like the term often used with kung fu stuff or the the outtakes for stands for no goods um but like the the enchies at the end are just like like jackie chan looks young in this and some of it is like oh this is like fully the the like foolishness of youth where you think that you are invincible and so you make a movie like this mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and you make a movie like police story 2 which i think is not quite as intense as this one there's a lot more pyrotechnics um but i think they're like they often seem a little bit less endangered there's still some pyrotechnics where you're like they're going to kill this man <laughs> um but he's, um he's like 31 <laughs> in this movie which is like not young young but not like young you know like he's yeah (laughs) it's amazing how athletic he is to make this movie at 31 (laughs) yeah um i mean yeah he's still just incredibly in shape here um and that's the thing too is that like he he is not 
as he gets older, he is not going to be doing stunts like this anymore. Like, no. there's just a point where this falls off, and that's fine. Like, I still love Robin B. Hood, a significantly later film by him. Yeah. Um, but also the stunts on in that are, like, not nearly to this extent. Um, yeah. And the, the, like, scariest one is the one that just has the funny NG of him having to do it again, <laughs> where he just jumps down on the, <laughs> the uh, you know, hanging AC units. Many, many stories. Uh, jumping down on AC units still feels slightly less scary than this fucking, like, death ride down a pole. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, um. God. Um. What was I gonna say? I was also thinking a lot about like how. Um. I guess I was like thinking a lot about like how much is demanded of you as an actor in Hong Kong from like 1980 to 1989. Um. Yeah. And, and probably through the 90s too. But I'm just like thinking about like. Jackie has to sell, like, over-the-top comedy scenes of, like, um, you know, this girl is trying to get him to say one nice thing about his uh, girlfriend, and he just won't do it, and he gets, like, hit in the face with pies, you know? (laughs) Yeah. He has to sell that. He has to sell, like, these intense dramas where he's, like, giving, like, you know, speeches to camera about, like, good cops and stuff. And he also has to be able to, like, punch and kick and get kicked. <laughs> yeah. And not, it's not just Jackie. Like, Maggie Chung also has to be able to do all those things. And random guy who gets punched has to, you know... Like, they just had to have, like, good stage fighters, dozens and dozens of them, to make these movies. <laughs> and yeah. It's and then bananas. <laughs> and then still have them, like act and do still like dramatic and comedy scenes um yeah because like like, the the way that this movie like goes back like it there's not that much time between like here's a goofy scene of like jackie chan getting all tangled up with a bunch of um like phone cords trying to answer stuff and then goes to eat the ramen and like you know starts choking on the the racers from the pencils he was using as chopsticks to like here's jackie chan like screaming at someone um and like as dramatic music plays and then there's just an intense action scene and it's just like (laughs) this movie goes back and forth between those um in a way that like is surprisingly unjarring for how jarring of transitions they are (laughs) like it's just what this it's just what this like genre is and so you're just like oh yeah of course this is the funny part like it just happens here um yeah well and like i was also thinking about it too because you know i had a little bit of like Heart Boiled or like some other hong kong movies that i've seen um on my mind and like they all do this like you know um no they don't all do this but like a lot of movies from this place in time will do this thing where it's like comedy scene drama scene action scene you have to be do able to do a little bit of everything but like no one is doing it to like the heights that jackie does it the like like peak melodrama like 
cop losing his mind to like peak comedy <laughs> of like you know um just a slapstick scene <laughs> yeah with, just slapstick like, scenes yeah. of like him yanking his girlfriend off a motorcycle um or 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 hey you know maggie can you just like hold my car the handbrake's broken and if you don't like keep it pushed it's gonna roll down this hill <laughs> Yeah, and then she's like angry at him. So she and she's like she lets you have go to get dinner then... with mom on Sunday. Come on, like answer me. <laughs> she doesn't care about yeah. this fucking car at all. She's amazing. Um, and then it almost smashes into them, and they almost kill Maggie Chan. <laughs> they almost kill her. So close. Um, great fucking movie. It's great. This is one movie. of my. This is one of my favorite like Hong Kong action movies ever. Um, it's just hard to beat. Yeah. Uh, also, I don't remember if I've said this on the podcast or not. I know that I told you this, but um, Ghost Divers was like created during the uh, intermission between a double feature of Police Story and Police Story Two at the Music Box in Chicago. Um, Connor and I went together, saw both movies, and uh, during the intermission, we were, like, waiting in line for the restrooms um, and just talking extensively about Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, and I was like, we should record a podcast, um, and Connor was like, what the fuck's a podcast? And I was like, don't worry, just buy a mic. <laughs> so, um, I was so ready for us to just start watching Police Story 2, but it's late and we had to record a podcast. <laughs> I I seriously considered, I was like, well, I know I haven't seen Police Story 2. And if I have seen Police Story 2, this story gets even funnier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I like looked at the time. I was like, 1040. Maybe we could do it, but no, we shouldn't. But what if? <laughs> um. We should watch Police Story 2 at some point. We should. We can we can just watch it and not do it for an episode of the podcast. I think so too. Um 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 anyway, uh do you have more about Police Story specifically? I feel like I've um I love yeah. this movie to pieces. There's not a lot to talk about, but that's fine. Yeah. We wanted to start just... the new year just watching something fun. Yeah, it's just an incredible fucking action film. Um, I, oh, I doubt I'm the first person who has told this to you, dear listener. You should watch Police Story if you haven't seen it. <laughs> I'm the first person who's told this to you. You should watch Robin B. Hood if you haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. We've both told that to listeners earlier <laughs> if they listen to another episode. <laughs> um, um, I love Robin B. Hood so much. <laughs> We have many questions, plus I wanted to circle back to stuff that we might have, like, gone through very quickly last time. So, do you want to roll into questions? Yeah, yeah sure. Okay. First one, this is from M for last time. I don't, I feel like we answered this, but I don't remember if we went, like, very quick through it, so I wanted to, like, give us a chance to answer it again if we hadn't. Worst movie you've actually finished in 2021 and movies you've been meaning to see for years that you feel like 2022 is its year? Um, yeah. I think maybe we skipped the second one. I don't remember. I was... Inland Empire. I've been meaning to see Inland Empire like since I saw Mulholland like 10 years ago, and I've never done it, 
and this is the year. I'm I'm making it happen. I will watch Inland Empire. I will try to watch Inland Empire in January, but it's a long movie, so it might get pushed off. We'll see. Yeah. Um I I feel like I'm not a a person who like really puts off watching movies because generally if I really want to watch a movie, I will I will watch it. Um like fairly soon after or it'll just be enough time that I'll like the desire will completely fade which happens most often with like oh everyone's talking about this movie and then I just don't watch it and then I'm like well now I don't care <laughs> for me um, it's it's similar but it just like kind of drops out of my memory where I feel like very intensely like oh I have to watch um I, I thought of, like, three Orson Welles movies. I haven't seen very many Orson Welles movies. I feel like 2022 is the year to fix that, too. Um, like, I haven't seen Touch of Evil. I have to watch it. And then just, like, the next time I'm going to go watch a movie, I just go and watch whatever I see first. And I don't think about, oh, I meant to watch this specific thing or whatever. So Yeah. Um, one thing that I, I am actually possibly going to do... Um, is so I've mentioned this before on the podcast. Uh, sometimes when I I really like someone's work, um, I will intentionally not watch something from it because I don't want to be like done. Like I always want there to be something else that that I can. That's like, part of the reason I've put off Inland Empire. I still have a lot of David Lynch to see, but like Inland Empire, especially because it was his last movie for such a long time, felt like oh I don't want to watch that because then I'll. I'll have seen the last one, you know? Yeah. Um, but so I have seen every single, uh, Akira Kurosawa film except Kagemusha. And so I think this year I'm going to try and watch Kagemusha. Um, the other one, this is not one that I've been like putting off and been really meaning to see, but, um, I am going to watch Die Hard at some point this year, as well as Die Hard 3, I believe is the one that, that M yes. likes a lot. So yes. I am, I will also watch Die Hard 3. Um, I'm, I'm a little disappointed where people haven't responded to my, my lock Twitter of like suggest movies for me to watch this year, but I already have Die Hard 3 penciled in from M, but M feel <laughs> free to make like a better suggestion than just that. <laughs> um, um are we are we gonna read the other question here no <laughs> okay um well am am i would love to <laughs> you um, know what the question is aiden i feel like this is another one from last time that i feel like we just 100 percent skipped because i was like i don't have an immediate answer and we're at the three and a half hour mark um we answer the first one what year sounds the coolest in the movie title um yeah. I don't think we answered what year do you want to be used as a movie title. Yeah. Um I think 1989 cuz it would make that Taylor Swift album kind of funny. Just like make it yeah. hard to Google. Um <laughs> That's I don't it. know. I really don't know if I have an answer for this one. No. Um I doubt um, that there's a film that's called 1988, but that was the year that I was born. So, um, sure, I'll do that one. <laughs> M asks, I just want some basic ass takes. 
Best Animated Disney Musical, Best Mainstream Hollywood Comedy, Best Rom-Com, Classic or Modern. And Modern. Yeah, Classic and Modern. Um, Animated Disney Musical, I don't know if a Goofy movie counts here. I don't know. So I'm going to go on Letterboxd and see if I can find a list of Disney musicals real quick. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm just like pulling up right now. Um, Um, This is not a complete list that I've pulled up. Let me see. This has got 47 movies on it. Surely it's going to be complete. We got some not animated stuff here, but I can just tell you the animated ones if you want. Sure. Cinderella? Jungle Book? Wait. Hmm. I I know what it is for me. Okay. Um you can do yours, but mine's just Robin Hood. Um I love Robin Hood. I love the music in Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Um I love that fox. Um That's Robin Hood for me. That was the first Disney movie that I showed my toddler because I love Robin Hood so much. Can I can I just say um Pocahontas is a dog shit movie? <laughs> yeah. It really that is, is. That has nothing to do with it, but, you know. Um, I remember really liking Peter Pan as a kid. I remember really liking Peter Pan. I don't remember that having um, many musical numbers, but sure, it's on this list. Yeah. Um, probably if I was going to watch one now, um, I feel like The Hunchback of Notre Dame probably hits for me. Um, yeah. And I, I do have an affection for Beauty and probably Beauty and the Beast. Probably like without Beauty and the having Beast is re- good too. Without having revisited a ton of these, Beauty and the Beast is probably it. Yeah. Um Is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs a, a musical? Because that's also just like that's like very early Disney, but um it's just an incredible film. Um I don't actually know. Uh it does say an animated musical fantasy film. Okay. So um, I like a lot of like old Disney style. If I'm doing like something that's a little bit newer, I would probably do Beauty and the Beast. Um, um then best uh, um best mainstream, mainstream Hollywood. Hollywood comedy. Um, I'm trying to think of like these are just like the movies that I watched all the time when I was like ten because they. I feel like the 2000s were like. Maybe not like a golden age of comedies, but like an a, an era where they were making a lot of them. You know, I feel like they don't make as many movies about just like. I feel like they just don't make as many comedy movies as they used to. I guess so. I'm trying to like think of yeah. Um, I really, I, I have a real soft spot in my heart for like dodgeball. I don't know. I couldn't yeah. tell you why. um i i will i will see if i can um like think of one that's like maybe more to the spirit of this but can i be a little bit of a shit yeah go for it rush hour (laughs) (laughs) um that is a, a hollywood buddy action comedy film so um i i feel like that's I don't feel like that's as not in the spirit as you might think it is. Yeah. Like, it's still in there. Yeah. Um, is is Men in Black one of these? Because I feel like Men in Black is pretty good. Yeah. I don't Men think in Black of, is like, also really good. I don't think of, like... When you 
tell me, like, name your favorite, like, comedy. My mind goes to, like, Ben Stiller, Will Ferrell, like, SNL-type guys. Yeah. You know? And so, like, I don't think of Men in Black in that same way. But if you asked me to say what the genre of Men in Black is, I would say, like, comedy action. So. Yeah. Um, Part of this, too, is that, like... Like I, part of me is like I want to do something that's more just a straight comedy because I I kind of feel like I'm a little bit cheating being like oh yeah like this action movie is really good or whatever you know that's like a comedic action movie, um and I want to do something that's just like pure comedy but one of the things I'm running up against is just that for me like so much of what works in comedy is like character based comedy, um. I I like knowing characters and I like stuff that's like based around relationships and that being like the source of comedy. Um, and that just plays so much better in, in television. So like, if I want to laugh at something, I'm going to watch like Futurama or Cromartie high school or something where it's like a a bigger thing because I, I just want to see like the same characters who I like have this familiarity with, like get into different situations, um, which I just feel like, these kind of like comedy films just I'm not saying I don't laugh at them sometimes, but they're like they're not what I think of when I think of comedy. Um, yeah, I guess what I'm really. saying, like, um, oh, all the like, stuff they don't make as many comedy movies anymore. It's because they're making a million comedy shows, I guess, now that I think about it. Yeah. Do, does does airplane count here? Oh, one hundred percent. One hundred. Because I really love I really love airplane, and I think it it gets this thing that a lot of other stuff like. A lot of the this style of comedy movie doesn't actually hit for me, which is that instead of trying to do, like, character comedy, it's almost veering more into, like, stuff that I would associate more with stand-up as, like, the two things that I think of when I think of comedy is, like, stand-up that I, I've watched a lot of, um, and then, like, comedy television. And Airplane is, like, going more into the, like, the one-liner kind of stuff that I associate, like when I'm thinking about comedy, I, and I think about that style of comedy, I think of stand up first, but, Mm -hmm. um, there's a bunch of it in airplane and yeah, I, I love airplane a lot. So, I mean, yeah, like, um, airplane's really good. Um, definitely like a lot of affection for, um, if, you know, you saying airplane made me like think like a little broader and I'm like, Oh, right. Um, blazing saddles, classic. You know, yeah. Um, and then I just had another one in my head that dropped out of my mind. The thing I was gonna say is that like the real thing that like occupies this space in my heart that is like not in the spirit of the question at all, but like is like community or at least the affection for community that I used to have. I don't feel that same way anymore. But like, I used to love community and like. I guess I think of it in the same way that I think of, like, a comedy movie, you know? Even though it's yeah. a very different thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because uh, I, like, if I'm thinking about this more, like, I would definitely say it's sort of of the era of, like, um, Leslie Nielsen, um, All the Wrong Mouths. <laughs> 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 I just I still like that as the name of a podcast where people watch movies made by people named Mel. Um but yeah, Mel Brooks. Um 
like that's like the era of comedy movies and i think some of it is because of how much of it is just around like wordplay and bits and like really not being interested in like maintaining any sort of like illusion of um like an actual like world and narrative like just it existing to like do funny jokes um in this way that like a lot of other comedy stuff that i think of that's like more in this snl space or whatever um is often like still trying to kind of have it be like oh here are these funny bits that are happening but it's all like within this like world that we're trying to make make coherent sense as like a Mm -hmm. reality to some extent um whereas this is just like no like we'll just have like the the scene in space balls where like they start watching themselves they like start watching the movie space balls and things like you know (laughs) um it's just yeah (laughs) it's just good that's, <laughs> That's just a good bit. I just bit. I like that weird meta humor, or I like um, really like character based stuff that is going to play better in like a sitcom, which is why my favorite comedy in the world is Cromartie High School. So I guess the Cromartie High School movie, but that's not a Hollywood movie. But God, that's a good movie too. I love everything Cromartie High School related. Look forward to pondering Puta, my Cromartie High School podcast coming this year. <laughs> um, last question from M for this time. Um. Best romantic comedy, classic and modern. Um, yeah, classic. You can just pull any Billy Wilder movie out of a hat, and I love it. Um, I've only seen like three or four of them, so like your odds aren't good. But like, if it's one of the ones I've seen, it's really fucking good. <laughs> I like Sabrina yeah. a lot. Um, yeah, Sabrina's good. I like uh, some like. This is not Billy Wilder, but this is in the same category in my head. Some like it hot and His Girl Friday a lot. Um, I like all those, like, fast-talking, like, wordplay, um, like... Yeah, the, like, screwball comedy style? Screwball, thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have one for classic? I I have stuff for modern, but I just figured we could go classic first, that's all. Um... Yeah, I mean, the stuff, like, I am in a very similar space when it comes to, to the screwball comedy stuff, so, um... Sabrina's really good. That's my... Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of those, like, another... Because you also did Some Like It Hot, which is another one that I love, so, like... <laughs> <laughs> um, we are... I guess some of this is some of the later stuff that happened in, like, the 50s is where where I'm really thinking about it, but... Um, yeah. Great movies. This is, um, my mom, when she doesn't have anything else that she wants to watch, she puts on, um, she puts on, like, um, TCM sometimes. Not all the time, but uh, reasonably often, especially when I'm around because she knows that I like it. Um, and so there are a lot of these, like, classic rom-coms from, like, the 40s and 50s. Where I have seen it, I don't remember a damned thing about it. You know, I I don't. Yeah. It's been, you know, a long time, and it was on TV, and we were like chatting, and I was playing a video game while it was on or something. You know, um, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. modern romantic comedies. I will let you go first since I, you know, talked a bunch last time. <laughs> um, unless you I, want me I'm to go like. First. 
Yeah, you can go first. I'm I'm currently pulling up. Um, I I just I feel like, especially modern romantic comedies. I just feel like I have not watched a ton. Um, yeah, this is the thing: is that these were rom coms were huge when I was young, um, but in a way where it was like all rom-coms kind of fell in the category of like girl movie in my head in a way that like I can't yeah. watch that. That's girl movie, you know? Yeah. In a way where I'm sure I would love a bunch of this stuff, but yes. when they were like really big, like I just was not watching a ton of this stuff yes. because of this, like, well, I don't want people to think I enjoy girly things. Mm-hmm. So even though I'm interested in seeing this movie, I'm not going to. Yeah. Um, so, like, I have not seen many classics of the genre. Um, I've been scrolling various um, letterbox lists. I'm going to name various, like, classics I have not seen. Mamma Mia. Um, uh, I just saw another one, and I lost it again. Crazy Stupid Love. Um, uh, Devil Wears Prada I've never seen. <laughs> um, um, Devil Wears Prada is pretty good. I have seen... So, one thing is that um, oh, I remember the one when I, I started say. dating uh, Emily. I got, I got to like, like we would. She would sometimes want to see a romantic comedy. We usually wouldn't go to the theater, although I think we actually went for Devil Wears Prada. Um, normally, we would just be like renting it and watching it at home. But that most of the stuff that I watched kind of fell within that range um, of like, oh, Emily just wants to watch this. I will watch it, and then I'm also enjoying it. Um, there's one that I thought of while I was talking and then it like slipped from my, my hands in the process. <laughs> I'll see if I can remember it, but <laughs> the one that, um, one of the few like girl movies that I like permitted myself to really enjoy as a kid was, um, I have always loved legally blonde. I don't know if that's a rom-com. It showed up on this list. The thing that it made me, the, the thing that it reminded me of that I think actually is arguably a romantic comedy, maybe not, but I think it is, is Clueless. Clueless is like, you know, one of the best movies ever made. <laughs> um, yeah, Clueless is very good. Um, despite the fact that I hate the novel The Scarlet Letter, I remember EZA being pretty good. Yeah, um, I remember that movie being fun. I have I haven't seen I haven't seen it since it was out. You know, but um, I remember liking yeah. that movie. Um, um, this list that I'm looking at includes Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm like looking at various lists, and I'm like, haven't seen it, haven't seen it, not a romantic comedy, haven't seen it, haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like The Devil Wears Prada is my pick here, like my big one. Mm-hmm. Easy A was the one that I was thinking of, but Devil Wears Prada feels more true. Um Fifty First Dates is weirdly a movie that I have seen like three or four times in my life. I don't like it, but I have seen it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, I watched uh, Sleepless in Seattle a lot. It was my, like one of my mom's favorite movies. Mm. Um. And again, despite the fact that like really did not get a lot of time with my parents. One of the big things that we would do is watch like movies or TV sometimes. Um, because that was something that all of the kids could do for cheap. 
because we would just watch it on TV. You just rent a VHS and everybody gets to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then usually my mom would like grade papers during it and my dad would be reading. So, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Ina um, asks, what other professions would you like to see a blank story about? You know, I'm going to throw out some examples here. A chef story. Um, a uh illustrator story i'm looking at my bookshelf and just naming things that come to my mind you know that sort of thing yeah. um, um i said a chef story i actually would just like to see that i like food and i like movies about food <laughs> yeah oh julia and julia is a good movie um that's a wrong oh yeah for sure that's a good movie that is a good movie um yeah chef story would be good um or I guess since it's police story, it would just be chef story. <laughs> um, what what would be? I'm thinking of like some other professions that I would. I'm trying to think of ones that would be funny to do an action movie about. Mm. Um, I mean, you could do an action movie about someone cooking. It would be over the top yeah. and weird, but it would be good. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm I'm looking at my bookshelf. All my books are about food. I just like looked at Delicious in Dungeon and then Seconds and then two cookbooks and I was like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm just typing in list of profe- professions because that's where my brain is at right now. Witch story? Um, just a story about a witch? Oh, a tell your story. You know, it's kind <laughs> of witch story, but a little bit more focused on like running a shop. <laughs> Um, God, the Atelier games are so fucking good. I <laughs> speaking of things that I want to like just do in 2022, the, get into the Atelier games. I have the hacked PS3. I could just like because the reason I haven't yeah. got into them is that like if you want to buy them, you're buying three games and you're paying like ninety dollars. But now I just have a box that I can like steal them with. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um. The main trilogy that I played was the the um the one that has Shally in it. That was my favorite of them. Um Atelier Shally. Um I just like the design of the I I feel like if if you pull up like Atelier Shally right now. How do you spell I it? I bet I know how to spell uh, it. So yeah. Uh S H A L L I E. And then, like, the cover has the two girls, and I feel like one of these girls is an Autumn, and one of these girls is a Nia, and you can just immediately tell which is which if you look. I know Yeah, you know know which one that I'm picking, and I know which one you're picking. (laughs) Um, There are two main characters here, and they're both us. (laughs) There was a... Like, when I have been thinking about this, like... Sometimes I, like, will Google, like, best Atelier games, and I'll get, like, you know, oh, Atelier Rorona is really good if you want to do this, and Atelier uh, Dusk is really good if you want to do this, or whatever. Um, And sometimes I'm like, I should do that. And sometimes I'm like, I should just Google all the protagonists of these games and decide which one is the most autumn and play that one. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I like Shally is because I just, I like the green-haired Shally. I like the one that's Aenea. Um, I mean, also, like, it's a moment where I think a lot of the gameplay systems, like, um, clicked for me. Like, some of the stuff that 
I wasn't having as much fun with, didn't show up as much. Um, like it's just one that, that ended up working. Um, I do have a lot of affection for, uh, Eschatologi, the, the one that, um, is the two characters' names, but also if you read it with the Japanese toe, it's just eschatology. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and I, I love it because there's this extended sequence at the beginning where it's just a bunch of people talking about like how much they like apples and how nice it is to grow apples and to like plant and like tend to a tree and then grow the tree and then you get to eat the apples later. Um, and I'm just like, this is what video games should be. It's just people being excited about how it's nice to to farm apples and then eat the apples that you farmed and be like, this is a good apple. <laughs> um, this is how I felt yeah. playing Final Fantasy XV today. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you're like, it's nice when a game is just about how it's nice to fish. Oh, can I put and Final go on Fantasy a road 15 trip. On, the, on the stairwells list real quick, actually? Um, sure. I mean, you only played three hours, so I'm sure there's going to be more stairwells, but we yeah. can get your early stairwell impressions. Um, so, okay. Final Fantasy XV, uh, great game so far. I'm like three hours into this, like, game that I am told is 30 hours if you just do the main quest, but I want to do the side stuff, so it's going to be more like 60 hours. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, the, the... I only want to put it on the list because one, I think this game is really cool. And two, the, uh, like one of the game kind of like opens twice, but one of the, um, like opening cutscenes is, um, Noctis and the lads are standing on a staircase, petitioning the King to like, go do something. And then they're like walking down the stairwells. And then the King, like he's got a cane cause he was in the war and he like, you know, catches up with them and like he's like having this like heartfelt conversation with his son on the stairs and it's a very beautiful staircase um and very beautifully animated like the people at Square Enix knocked it out of the park so I'm gonna give it an A I'm gonna give it like an A I don't want to give it an S because it is like the most obvious stairwell scene you can do and also I'm early going in the game and maybe like tomorrow I'm like oh actually Final Fantasy 15 sucks but you know yeah. <laughs> um I have played a little bit more of SMT5 since we we last talked. Uh I don't have really more thoughts other than I there was an actual stairwell that I remember now, which is this I ran up a bunch of stair I ran up and down a bunch of stairs in the school because um surprise surprise the the main character who's from Tokyo and goes into the demon world uh comes back out and then there's demons in Tokyo. And so I had this No same shit. School. Yeah. Um, one thing that's weird is that I feel like this is the most Persona SMT game that I've played. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of just, I love Persona a lot, but I kind of want it to stay in its lane. Yeah. Um, I don't need this protagonist to also be a high schooler who goes to school. Um, like, let let him just be a weird demi-fiend. That's, you know. Anyway. <sighs> uh, I'm not going to rate that stairwell, though, because... It didn't leave too much of an impression, and I'd rather wait and see if there's a better one. But yeah. since we brought video game talk into this sacred space. There was some other thing I was going to say, but... Um, oh, if people can, when you play Final Fantasy fifteen, you should 
put on the German voices so that Cindy has a deep, sultry voice as God intended it. <laughs> um, um, I, I'm like, how did we... I Did we answer this question about what other professions would you like to see a blank story movie about? Chef story. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, chef story. I was trying to hold it, but I have to pee before we can even answer this next question. I'm very sorry. <laughs> oh my god, it's you for once. <laughs> the thing is, I, I could. I'm gonna go pee, dear listener. I'm also gonna go pee. Um, I was gonna try and like vamp for time, like Autumn does sometimes. Um, I don't have to be that bad, but I'm just going to do it now in case we end up going longer. So, I'm back. Oh, I should have not said I decided to also pee because apparently Autumn's not back yet. Um, can I unsend? Hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess I, I will say this here, uh, Autumn can decide whether or not to edit this out when, you know, they're editing this because I'm pretty sure they're editing this. Um, but you know, the, the nature of this podcast is one where guests can be a little bit weird because Autumn and I literally watch a movie, um, and then, like, go and record a podcast. So, um, like, if someone guested, either they would watch with us, which might be awkward if they're not a person who's going to enjoy, like, us just joking around the entire time and, and talking. Um, and then also, if they watch it separately and are going to record with us, they kind of just have to, like, be on call for a little bit while we're, like getting ready. Because it's not like we're going to record it this time. It's like we're going to start watching a movie then we're going to record later, but like right after we finish the movie. Um, so logistics aside though, um, I think, I think we would enjoy sometimes getting a guest on. Um, I don't think it's going to be like we regularly have a guest all the time. Um, but I'm pretty sure when that, when that day comes, like, I have a confession to make. Yeah. I played Wordle before I came back to the podcast. What the fuck? I was in the restroom, I was checking Twitter, and I was like, oh shit, there's a new Wordle. Well, it's not going to take me that long. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I just vamped the entire time. There's definitely no part where I got up to pee or anything where you're going to need to edit this. So, um, I'm glad I marked it, because uh, I don't trust you. <laughs> I guess you'll just have to listen to what I say and be proven wrong. <clears throat> In your lack of trust of me. <laughs> anyway. Please don't please don't call my bluff. <laughs> I'm gonna call your bluff. Uh, no! <laughs> you can't. I'm gonna listen to it. Okay. I don't believe uh... you at all. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah. Aiden says the criterion blu-ray set for police story thanks forum user iron god 2112 for providing certain audio tracks like the 80s english dub that was on a dutch vhs 
What arc- arcane format do you hope someone finds ornate stairwells recorded two decades from now? <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope someone finds a the- thumb drive. <laughs> I hope that uh, someone... There's a thumb drive that has, like... Audio from ornate stairwells, but also very important data that needs to be given to Jackie Chan, and then they they <laughs> die while delivering the like they get the the drive to Jackie Chan as they are dying and then die in his arms cheerfully. Which I don't remember what Jackie Chan movie this is from, but it's just stuck in my head. And like when I think of like one of my favorite ways, if I like had to choose how I died, it would be delivering a, a um. So I'm driving to Jackie Chan and dying in his arms. It's a good um, way to go. Having done my, yeah. Um, so yeah, that'd be fun. The My mind when I read this immediately went to uh, just somebody out there is still listening to podcasts on their Zune. Um, they just like mm. have a Zune. Um, and then later someone's like, oh, here's this like old Zune. What's on it? And it's just a bunch of Ornate Stairwells episodes because we're the only thing they listen to. It's like Connor or something. I bet Connor has a zoom. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's so mean. <laughs> For no reason. Um, <laughs> I love Connor a lot. Um, he's like, it's just bizarre to me how detached he is from like social media and everything where I just assume everything he does is like weird and archaic. <laughs> um, I just finished playing Parasite Eve um, the other day, which is an incredible game. Yeah. Um, I love Parasite Eve so much. I love it. Oh, my God. I love it. Um, I just finished playing it, and it just got me thinking about, man, all the shit they could put on a fucking compact disc. And now I am thinking about... this. It's very... It is very funny to imagine someone out there burning CDs of ornate stairwells to listen on their Walkman, especially because you would have to run it over multiple CDs. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I tell you something? Yeah. So, uh, I had a, a radio, both Emily and I had radio shows when we were in undergrad. Um, we were, I went to Northern Michigan university. She went to Savannah college of art and design. Um, when her radio share uh, show aired, um, one SCAD did it differently than NMU did. And so it was like maybe an hour, or like two hours max. Um, and it was at a time when I could just listen to the, the show as it aired. Um, mine was like late and often Emily just couldn't listen to it when it was like, airing because both of these like you could get uh digital streams mm-hmm. um as like part of it um and so what i did is i actually recorded the digital stream and then burned it to cds and sent it to her <laughs> so she could listen to my podcast <laughs> or not my podcast my radio show uh which was three hours long so if anyone wonders why I, I I record podcasts of the length that I regularly record them for, it's because when I had a radio show, I did my own radio show for three hours, and then I co-hosted another radio show immediately after for another three hours. So for six hours, I was just on mic entertaining people. Um, and that's why I am who I am now. <laughs> When I was um, When I was an undergrad, I never did the college radio station because I was like 
desperately timid. I probably, if I had asked, I knew people at the radio. I don't know if I would have gotten it, but like they would have like talked to me about it, you know, like I could have. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so the one time I have been on the radio is that when I was 12 years old, the um, local Roots Music um, station, which was, I want to say, 90.1, but I don't remember what the four digits or the four letters were. I couldn't... Maybe KKFI? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, one of the local radio stations was doing this little thing where you could pay a hundred bucks or 200 bucks or something like a lot, but not like crazy money. And you could come and do an hour on the, on the air. And I was 12 years old and I loved the listening to the radio. And so my dad like paid whatever it was to get me to like, as a 12 year old host a radio show for a while. And it was so much fun. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I kind of miss radio shows just because of like the the weirdness of just like it going out to like a little community. Yes, of just like anybody who's like turning on the radio listens to it. But um, I I I really wish that like I guess I guess streaming is like the modern equivalent of that in many ways. But I really wish there was a way that we could like capture the energy of radio for um export like if i was gonna if we got crazy money to do export like if we got like more than max fun bought us money i think it would be fun to have a sort of like export radio station that is 24 hours of live like content um that you could like audio content. I think that would be fun. I don't know what that would be, but I am enamored with this idea and it's been in my head for like three years. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's just, there's something special about it. And I, I also, I've said this before. You really enjoyed when I said, I think I said this like in the, uh, here, welcome to ghost divers. Just like, super intro episode to the podcast that I think all good podcasts have a little bit of that pirate radio vibe where you're just like driving down a road late at night and you switch on the radio and there's some guy screaming about communism over like faint (laughs) Wu-Tang music. Um, And that's just like podcasts get close to that, but there's also something just special about finding a weird pirate radio thing that Mm -hmm. like even finding a, a weird niche podcast doesn't quite scratch. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, uh, catch our pivot to <laughs> radio station. <laughs> well, the the other thing about uh, the other thing about it now is that in the age of the internet, like I was thinking about this watching Texas Chainsaw Two. There are times where the radio has to be on, like someone has to be broadcasting something because someone out there is listening to music. You know. Yeah. Um. But it's like 4 a.m. And you're broadcasting to like three people. And now in the age of the internet, um, that's just not a thing. Because like if you have a... Like Hololive proves this. If you have a big enough audience, 
someone somewhere in the world is going to watch you no matter what fucking stupid time slot you're in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, that was the, so like also the radio shows that I did, mine was from nine until midnight. And then the one that I co-hosted, which was a comedy show was from midnight until 3am. And that was just like, truly like people are up late getting high listening to us. That's, that was the yeah, vibe. <laughs> yeah. Um, we would always put on an extremely long song at some point so that we could eat a dinner of pizza at like 1230 in the morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I feel like indirectly we further answered Aiden's question here, which is, uh, I would love ornate stairwells to be on a pirate radio station. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you have a radio show somewhere and you want to just broadcast episodes of ornate stairwells on the air, yeah. God bless you. You know, just Yeah, you have our permission. You have our permission. <laughs> if you want to just like put that out on like on the waves for the people of Montana, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Um somewhat related to to streaming. You can cut this if you want. Autumn. Okay. I I want us to at some point stream Chrono Cross, and yep. I just wanted to put out on this podcast here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people who are listening to this might be the most likely people who would tune in to watch you and I play Chrono Cross together. <clears throat> um, if people have a preference between, I just like do it on my tube TV on the PlayStation. I have a capture card that can like hook up into my, my PlayStation two. Um, we just stream it that way. Or do we try and do an emulation and like get good CRT filters? Um, so I, if people have an opinion on that, let us know. As a person who will be making this, I strongly am in favor of the second. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, as a person who already has everything set up with the tube TV, I kind of wanted the, no CRT filter is going to look like the tube TV for us, but also I don't think that the image going to the computer is going to be like what we're seeing. Right. No, no. So, you know what we um, could do? And this is stupid. We could is like figure out a way to do a CRT filter on the stream that I'm getting from my PlayStation two. Yes. (laughs) Which, which, the easiest way to do that, and this is stupid. I'm saying stupid things now. I just want everybody to be like on the same page of that. This is stupid. Is you could probably get a Twitch overlay that does like fake scan. Like you could just in the OBS layout put scan lines over the image. <laughs> that would be yeah. dumb. That would be yeah. dumb. But. You know how I used to do this? Because hmm. I used to stream stuff uh, in a former life. As uh, I pointed a literal camera at the tube TV. <laughs> God. We're not um, doing that. Yeah, we're not doing that. It makes for kind of bad video. But it is correct CRT scan lines in a way that just no filter will ever replicate. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. I, w- I was listening to, I forget if it was Abnormal Mapping or uh, VoIP Life, where uh, Evan Jackson were talking about being, like, 
uh, just like brain bad about like caring about stuff like CRT stuff. Um, and just being like, don't be this kind of person. Like you don't want to be this kind of person. And I was just listening, being like, well, shit, I'm this kind of person already. Um, that was freeing for me because I've been like becoming this kind of person. And I just felt like, uh, you know what? You're right. I can be like this about a small handful of things. Cause I, I think Chrono Cross looks ugly as shit without scan lines. Um, and Parasite Eve does too a little bit. I played through it without scan lines, and it like I got there, but like those those square ones in general, I think like their style really you want the scan lines for the PS one stuff. Anyway, yeah. anyway, I'm off. Course. I think one of the big things too is if you have the the scan lines properly, they're doing this like pre rendered background with like figures over it, um, and the figures stand out so much more intensely if you don't have like the proper CRT look not to say that like you still can't kind of tell on like a CRT TV that it is like a 3d model and then like a pre-rendered background. Um, but it, like things just kind of blend a little bit more nicely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and it just jumps out to me when I play Chrono Cross. So, yeah. But yeah, I, I felt like, I felt like, you know what? You're right. I, I didn't do this for a long time. I don't need to start it now. So. Yeah. Whereas I'm just already destroyed. Mm -hmm. Um, You're too far gone. I have, yeah, I've owned a small CRT for an extremely long time and had a PlayStation 2 hooked up to it um, because I care about this. I still have a NES that I can plug in if I want to play like original Zelda or something. Um, I'm just this person. I know this about myself. Um, at this point, it, it it would be worse for me to try and deny my true nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if people wanted to find out about your true nature, where could they go on Twitter to like learn? Uh, they could go to at foxmomnia on Twitter, um, or I guess Garfred aloud. Yeah. Um, Ghost Divers just did the New Year's special. Um, we've got the Adolescence yeah. of Utena recording coming up. I don't know when the release schedule is, but. Um, that is one where, uh, I delayed the recording of it so that you could be on it. So it's going to come out like a week after we record. Okay, cool. So that's Um, coming up soon. And then, and then you will probably be on the question bucket if we can make it work. Yeah. Um, The only reason we wouldn't be scheduling, you know? Yeah. Um, and that'll be right after, um, that'll be like the next episode after Adolescence of Utena. Then there will be the intro to, to Ghost in the Shell episode that you're not on, but then there will be the, the first Ghost in the Shell movie that will be the double feature um, of Stairwells and then uh, Divey. Um, you can find I, me. I was about to be like, did I lose internet? But... No, no, I was yawning okay. and trying to like be subtle about it. <laughs> Um, you can find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. All my other podcasts at exportaud.io. There, there's a list of everything, and you can just, you know, click the links and get to the places you need to go. You can also give us a dollar a month, and you will get access to this podcast early, Gotham City Limits early, um, Ars Arcanum early, um, and you can give us $5 a month and get access to death kappa where nora and i roll random funkos and then talk about the characters um it's not called death kappa 
Are you just tired? Is that why you I'm said just tired? Did I say pop? T- did I say Death Kappa instead of Pop Town Funk? Yeah. Next, we will yeah. be watching Death Kappa, which apparently is on Tubi. Okay, we're probably going to talk about this on Pop Town, so like I'm not going to get too in depth on it here. But like Tubi is a streaming service that I've never fucking heard of, except for some people were joking about how it's bad but also good on a podcast one time. That's neither here nor there. Um. It's free, and it just has stuff like Blade and Death Kappa and Miscongeniality and Absolute Garbage You've Never Heard Of on there, and it's free, and there are no ads, and I don't understand it, and I'm just going to... Please, if you're listening to this, don't tell anyone about Tubi until after the Death Kappa episode. After that, I don't care, but I need... We can't find Death Kappa anywhere except on Tubi, so please just be chill... Yahoo anime rules, etc., etc. And then after that, I don't um, care. Tubi can sink into the ocean. But yeah, um, I have two things. One is uh, we've been recording some episodes for Ghost Divers that, due to the fact that there's going to be like these ones with the quick turnaround of a week, um, are not going to be going out until like April. And I've been promoing uh, Pop Town Funk on it um and just been like i hope that it is just still the same podcast that i am describing by the time that we get there (laughs) um like the format could completely change uh who knows (laughs) it's still so new and i'm i'd like want to give examples and i'm like well they did the goofy movie uh half a year ago (laughs) um the other thing that that I was going to bring up uh, is speaking of Yahoo anime rules. Um, I think that this is is legit, but the next movie that we're going to be watching, Love Brood in the African Pot, for for next episode um, by Kwa Anza. Um, the only copy of it I can find is just on YouTube for free, but I think it's part of like an attempt to preserve these movies. So I think it's legit, but still, Yahoo anime rules don't. Don't like go saying big things about this right now, unless you know for sure that this is just like how this uh, archive or whatever has decided to preserve the movie. Um, we should, um, because we didn't say on the last episode at all that we were going to be watching Police Story this time. So I just want to yeah. quick run through the January schedule. Um, we have the schedule out past January, but I'm not going to worry about it right now. Um. So we got Police Story this time, obviously. Love Brood in the African Pot next time. We'll circle back to 2046 for episode 30. And then we are going to watch Emma, which you watched a while back and thought it was really interesting. So you're bringing it now. Yeah. Um, And then in February, uh, we'll be doing other stuff. But that's not fully yeah. decided yet. Uh, you can go look at the spreadsheet, but it's not all late, nailed down yet. So As I'm looking at the spreadsheet, we didn't rate the stairs in Police Story. Uh, S. Are you fucking yeah. kidding me? Guys get thrown um, downstairs. Guys get thrown upstairs. Guys jump onto stairs. Yeah. Um, even though, like, it could be controversial to refer to Jackie Chan writing, like, you know, grabbing onto a pole and just, like, writing it straight down. Um, that whole scene is still about, like, 
how the the criminals are going down the escalators quickly and he needs to like catch them and so he does this instead um so that scene is still about stairs the criminals are all to on get stairs quickly the the cops are on stairs looking down at the guys who got down the stairs quicker um yeah. there's escalators for mobile stair throwing guys down them action um yeah was the guy who go gets thrown down between the two escalator parts, like the you know the handrail bits, uh, and it's kind of like crammed up in there? Yeah, um, that guy had a bad day. <laughs> yeah, um, lots of stairs. So yeah, S. Yes, easiest S we've ever given. <laughs> Other than um, the uh, Anya Svarta one. Yeah, but um, also pale flower because we named the podcast after. Also pale flower. There have been many Easy S's. Um, the sequel to Easy A. Yeah. Nora's glaring at me. I love her so much. Anyway, we're out of here. Um, okay. Okokoro. Is Okokoro real? Is real. Okokoro is real. <laughs> um...
the goose is dead, the bats have left the bell tower, the victims have been bled, bed, velvet lines, the black box, fell of the goose is dead.